this thing on? Hello, everyone. I'm CEO Hayes. Calm down, calm down, calm down. And this is The Awakened Soul. And we have an amazing show planned for you guys this evening. We have Tiana from the Electro Girl podcast in the building. Other than that, we got Scoop Grady returning with the Petty News. We have a special segment this week, a one-time segment. Um, so overall, we got a great show planned for you guys uh, this week. I wanted to start this show off a little bit differently for the live studio audience. And I want to thank each and every one of you guys for making The Awakened Soul the premier podcast that it is. We want to send a thank you to all the other podcasters that supported us, everything else that's going on. What I will say is that we have... A huge, huge announcement coming in the next couple of weeks, actually dropping on my birthday of December 5th. That is my birthday. I got something special planned for you guys. Wait, wait. Before we can actually get into the show, I need complete silence so AJ can do her thing. All right, let's get into the actual show. AJ, take it away. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to The Awakened Soul, and I've been hearing some of you haters have been talking about my dad, so this next song is just for you. Stop hating on a nigga, that is a weak emotion, the lady of a nigga, and you can get tipped like you waiting on a nigga, put a body bag in the apron on a nigga. I give my all behind the mic, but you can never see if you sit behind the light, and you don't have to pick me to win the title fight, but I'ma wear that championship belt so tight, and if I'm wrong, there is no right, and if I'm wrong, there is no white, I'm trying to be polite, but you bitches in my hair like the fucking polite, and my flow is rare, these other rappers nice, these other rappers bark, some of them even bite, but I'm much more bright, I give the game sight, so before you dim the lights, you just might, might wanna... Look, I, y'all need to stop making me sick my baby girl on y'all. Like, I'm the nice one of the family, which I'm not really that nice. But my baby girl, she's the gangster. She's the one who's just ready to fight at all times. Don't make me keep sicking her on y'all. Don't don't make me do it. <laughs> but nonetheless, listen, I am CEO Hayes, a.k.a. the Red Bearded Assassin, a.k.a. the Godly One himself. And I'm the best and I ain't really got to say that shit. This is The Awakened Soul. You guys have found one of the best podcasts around, one of the most entertaining as well, but one of the most knowledgeable. You can follow The Awakened Soul at Awakened Soul Pod or at The Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on what social media you're looking for. If you want to follow me specifically, you can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. Like I said at the top of the show, I got a big announcement planned in a couple of weeks, dropping on my birthday. So if you subscribe to this feed, you will be getting a mini episode dropping on my birthday, explaining what's happening, what's coming next. And it's a huge endeavor that I'm just so, so excited for. So that information will be dropping on my birthday. Um, other than that, uh, Shanice is not here with the unpopular opinion. Not going to get into why not. No drama. Never that. That's my sister for life. So don't start those rumors. We just play gossip. Like, come on now. Um, no, I'm not saying that any of y'all were. But seriously, um, send prayers out to Shanice and her family. Um, we love them. She'll be back 
better than ever. Make sure you check out. Okay, so listen, if you miss her. But so I'll be taking over the unpopular opinion. This one's an unpopular opinion in the podcasting world. So be on the lookout for that. Um, we also are going to talk about Stan Lee, uh, which I'm going to get into in a little bit of a second. And then um, In the Mind of Haze is, is built around one topic today. So we do have the In the Mind of Haze segment separate. Um, like I said, that's built around one segment. But to start the show off, um, anyone who knows me who has followed this show uh, through its evolution knows I'm a huge comic book fan i'm a huge marvel fan and you know nowadays you you kind of have different marvel fans you have fans who know marvel based off the movies and don't really know the comics but we're all one happy marvel loving family and regardless if you're a comic lover a movie lover you've seen the face you've heard the voice of stan lee not sure if everyone knows the impact this man had in comics and how many characters he had a hand in creating or outright created himself but Stanley did pass away at the age of 95 um, this this past week. And we definitely want to just acknowledge and say rest in peace to someone who created characters that have shaped people's childhoods. Uh, so many of my personal childhood memories have been escaping into the world of Marvel characters that Stanley created. Um, and if I listed all of them, we would literally be going on forever. Like I said, ones that he either co-created or outright created. Um, but reading the, the Marvel characters, specifically the X-Men and the Fantastic Four growing up, those were the two series that I followed thoroughly growing up as a kid. And coming from a mixed family, the Fantastic Four, looking back on it, I think it meant so much to me because it showed what, what the different shapes family can take and how unique family is and and the x-men too for that matter um so that's just a little peek behind the mindset of Hayes and um you know stanley his contributions and his his impact are never going to go away so while he only lived to see 95 years old his reach is literally going to go on forever more than likely and with the 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 love of the Marvel films now everyone's getting to see those characters and new people are coming on who didn't read the 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 comics and will they know some of them know like will my kids ever know truly what Stan Lee meant to and how what the hand he had in that maybe maybe not but it's it's really it really is just amazing how someone can create something that literally touches so many lives and that's what stanley did and um you know like i said escaping reading those characters just amazing throughout my childhood and life and now i get to share those with my kids and like i said my my daughter alana for example hasn't read a single comic ever in her life but she's experiencing those characters through the film and she loves them she's a huge spider-man fan and for me to read those comics and to tell her and, and to see her like the the venom movie she went crazy over that movie and um she actually wanted to review review it on this podcast she just never got around to it but you know it, it's it's stuff like that that people create and um that's why your creations is if you put the love and passion into you never know just how far reaching that will be so for the life that was stanley we're not we're not going to mourn to death we're going to celebrate a life because he did so much the comic-con conventions the people that met him this is a person who was 95 years old and still basically up until his death we're, we're going to conventions we're doing book signings was meeting fans hand in hand um and his contribution he hasn't been really involved with comics almost for the majority of my life i'm 30 years old so that just lets you know um 
just just his impact. And so I, I didn't want to spend a, a bunch of time talking about it because I know I know a lot of people that listen to this aren't really huge comic fans. But for me personally, because it meant and his work meant so much to me in my life, I definitely wanted to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, there, there's that. We're actually going to go ahead. We're going to take a musical break. We're going to come back. We're going to get into the mind of Hayes. And I will see you beautiful people right after this. All right, we're coming back to the end of mind of Hayes segment, and we do have a very serious topic um, for this week's segment. So anyone who this topic may be a little bit too much for, there are timestamps in the description, so you can skip right past it, go to the next segment. We'll see you guys there. I can completely understand if this is a little too much for anyone. But this topic we are going to actually be, be discussing is, do we believe that rehabilitation of rapists is possible? Again, I want to make sure we're making a clear distinction between condoning rape crimes and believing that rapists can be rehabilitated. The Awakened Soul has a firm stance that any type of, of sexual crime is completely and utterly, um, even allegations, we, we don't condone those. Uh, we don't make excuses for rapists at all um, at any point point we don't make an excuse for the crime we fully support those people being charged to the highest extent of the law so we're actually going to discuss what comes after that what comes after someone does their time um hopefully seeks therapy and what do we personally believe and again like i like to do with the awakening so i never like to present like i have all the answers this is an open conversation this is me just presenting the question my opinion the stats and i want to hear back from you guys on what you think so just raw numbers, and we'll get down and we'll talk a little bit more about it. In doing my research after a conversation was had on Twitter about do we think rapists can be rehabilitated? Um, it was about 50-50 uh, people who thought no, automatically no, they could not be re- rehabilitated. And people who thought, okay, yeah, they possibly can be, but I still wouldn't want to have anything to do with them. And and we're, I want to make that clear. We're not sitting here saying would you personally be involved or associate yourself with someone who committed rape. We're saying, do you believe rehabilitation was possible? You can believe somebody could be rehabilitated, but you still can't jive with them. So let's, let's just talk about the raw numbers. Let's get get this out of here. So of child molesters specifically, 13% after being released from jail were rearrested for the same type of sex crime of violent rapists. 19% were rearrested or charged or convicted of another same similar sex crime now it's it's key thing let's make the the difference here we're i'm just talking re-conviction rates of sex-related crimes what's maybe alarming is that even child molesters and rapists are rearrested for non-violent crimes at almost 50 percent so take that as as you will so um, sex offenders are actually more than likely to be reconvicted of non-sexual crimes than they are sexual crimes. Um, 
And so let's let's put a little little bit more flavor on these numbers. Um, yes. So we said what being reconvicted. So, but that that can be a little thrown off because not all sex crimes are actually reported. And it's found that nineteen percent of women, or only nineteen percent of women, actually report sex crimes, and thirteen percent of men. And to further add more detail to that, only two point five percent of sexual assaults reported actually result in an arrest so it's, it's good to put perspective on the numbers that were given um and again we're presenting this to have a conversation i expect to hear back from you guys and so to add more on this and this is going to get a little bit more specific um a study was done of 9691 male sex offenders over the span of 15 states which accounted for about 2.3 percent of uh of male sex offenders released from prison um, were watched over a three-year period of post-release of that time in that time only 5.3 percent of those uh, men were rearrested for sex-related crimes again i said it you know this is this is going to get a deep topic so that brings us to the the overall topic that we're trying to have here in the discussion now that you've heard those numbers again dude I always say, don't just base it on my research. Go and do your own. If you find other numbers, please tell me, because this is something that we're all trying to grow and talk from. But for the end of mine, hey, segment, I wanted to present the question. Now that you guys have heard a little more numbers, you heard the question, I want to present it again. Do you believe that rehabilitation is possible for convicted rapists? Why or why not? Personally, I never again, I'll say it again. I never want to say that rehabilitation is automatically not possible for everyone. Don't pay any any anybody with broad strokes. Um, that still doesn't mean that because I believe rehabilitation is possible within. I want someone who was possibly who was previously convicted of rape to be around my children. Again, I, I know that, that that may sound problematic to some that may sound like being an asshole. But again, I don't have all the num- the answers and I'm never trying to sound perfect. I may not be, but I, I don't ever want to be that person who doesn't believe rehabilitation is possible. And there are some very big myths in rapists. And, you know, people have the mindset that all rapists recommit sex crimes. That's not always true. You know, when you watch SVU, you have these thoughts. But, you know, and, and like I said, do your research. Let me know what you guys think. That was the In the Mind of Hayes segment. I know I came with you guys heavy. I told you guys we were getting the fluff out of here. Um so let me know what you feel. We're going to take a break. We're going to come down. I promise you the next segment is going to be a light lighter. We're actually going to be getting into the unpopular opinion. And I will see you guys on the other side of that. What's up, everybody? This is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, a.k.a. Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legal Lies podcast, podcast. a weekly legal podcast. For the culture. Each week we have conversations with our co-host Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey! What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. That's right.
Empire. I'm on that lala, twist it up. I'm on that syrup, slow it down. And I like four freaks too. And I ain't young jock, but it's going down. I buy a marijuana peel, then I just mow it down. Big bad whoop, yes, I just blow it down. No homo into Hollywood, I will hold it down like a circle of knives. I got the sharpest blow around. I know, I know, that's not the usual unpopular opinion music, but it's not Shanice. I tried to do it with her music, but that music was made specifically for her, so I had to do something that was more me, and me being in the mood I am this week, and you know, that song fit perfectly. Listen to the lyrics, play it back, listen to the lyrics, you'd understand why I played it, but nonetheless, we are here to discuss and have an unpopular opinion. What's the unpopular opinion this week? (laughs) It's completely podcast-related. So I often get asked a lot of questions about podcasting, and a lot of that's due to the success of The Awakened Soul, but we're not going to make that segment about it. We're not going to talk numbers. I don't want this to at all seem like being braggadocious or boasting or anything, but I get asked a lot of questions about either editing-wise on podcasts, production-wise, um, some brainstorm, some topic ideas, a lot of things, but there are two things that we're going to talk about here that may seem unpopular to some. The first we're going to break down is SoundCloud. And this is one that I get asked about all the time. And people use the old adage, well, you know, Android users typically, that hasn't been true for years. Or you'll get the whole thing of, oh, well, you know, the stats tracking SoundCloud stats are completely and utterly wrong every single time. If you're matter of fact, if I'm having a conversation with someone and it be a marketing, uh, co-marketing podcast or, or whatever, the new venture I'm working on, if they immediately go to SoundCloud stats, I, 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 we can't have a stat conversation. We can have a content conversation. We can't have a stat conversation. So my unpopular opinion this week is get the fuck off SoundCloud. Stop hosting through SoundCloud. If you want to pay for it just to be on the platform, that's a completely different thing. But for hosting, Hosting specifically, would you guys stop using SoundCloud? Would you guys stop uh, relying on this this old ass thinking and stop getting set in on just SoundCloud? Like SoundCloud was never built for podcasting. Never once. That platform was never meant for podcasting. They created a way podcasters can use it because of the name recognition and people flocking to it but it was never built for that soundcloud is getting left out on so many features that really could help a lot of podcasts specifically podcasts that have seasons um uh, it doesn't have that functionality at least not the last time i checked they don't have the trailer function um they just recently like in the last few months maybe last year have got the ability to schedule podcasts um they don't have the chapter function get the fuck off soundcloud people stop it I don't want to hear anything more about the ease of use, nothing. There are free alternatives that offer more functionality, better stats tracking, more reliable, everything. 
than SoundCloud. Anchor, uh, yes, it has its issues uh, with, with the whole contract and people now thinking Anchor owns your podcast. That's since been fixed, but they did the wrong thing of now it's hard to market out of that. I've, I've, I personally promote one called Wooshka, which has, it was on Apple's preferred partner list, has every single new feature except chapters, um, easy to submit right from Spotify, has a great dashboard that pulls in your iTunes reviews so you can see everything right from their dashboard. It's a great one if you're going free. If you're going paid, I always say Spreaker personally is a great one um, that I find. But so th- that, that that unpopular opinion as it may be, uh, and even though that's turning to get the hell off SoundCloud. The next unpopular opinion that I have based around podcasting, and if you guys can't tell, I'm passionate about podcasting. So this is something that's always, I, I can always talk about to anyone. The second unpopular opinion that I have when it comes is it's a podcasting is a lot of you podcasters are getting, are f- completely forgetting your audience in what you're creating. You are losing the respect for your audience when you put out and don't edit your shows. I can't tell you how many podcasts I listen to that leave in stupid shit like someone walking into the studio, completely disrupting and throwing it off. That's a no-no. Stop that. Or completely, you hear all types of like you, you the Skype call, disconnect and reconnect. Edit out your shows. Stop people. Stop having disrespect to your audience and i can't tell you enough about podcasting all you other all everyone who does stuff with podcasts that play a lot of clips um a, a lot of stuff from other media stop it it's fine to use them but when it becomes people when you do a podcast the whole purpose of it is people want to connect to you if your portion of talking is is the the shortest person portion of the show you're fucking up you're not doing it right. You're bastardizing the platform. You're bastardizing the media, everything. Stop doing it. If you don't have and don't have enough time or respect to put enough of yourself out there in it, then you shouldn't be doing it. I play a lot of music here on the Awakened Soul, but it's a very, if you go over the audio, if you pull out all the audio clips, it's probably like 5% of the show. I use it as a great way to transition, set moods, everything, but you can't use that just as the crutch of your show People want to hear you, even if you have a hip hop based podcast like we do with the Breaks Radio, where we do play even more music than what I play on The Awakened Soul. But we talk about it. It's only to transition and to get us into conversation about that music. That's what people want to hear. Have respect for your audiences. And as a bonus, I guess third one, and I tweeted this out er earlier, another unpopular opinion with podcasting that hopefully people get from this. Stop promoting to the same people every single week. If you're tagging the same people in every post every single week, you're doing it wrong. The whole purpose of promoting your show isn't so you can tell the people who are already subscribed, hey, the podcast is available. Guess what? If you had been doing promotion the right way, they're subscribed. They're going to get notification. They're going to see you have that listener. I'm not saying forget them in the way that you do your show. I'm not saying forget them in in whatever you do, but you, you, you've you promoted to them already. You've gotten them in. You've gotten them to subscribe to you. There's no point in still trying. The whole point purpose of it is to get new eyes, new listeners, and hopefully someone new to click and come listen to your content. If you're tagging the same exact people every week, and I said this, if you're to find out if you're promoting the right way, what you need to do is take a week off promoting, post your episode, put one post on Twitter and Facebook that you dropped the episode. Don't do any other promoting. See your numbers. Come back the next way. Promote hard the way you usually do. Tag your people. Do whatever. If though if that if there's not a change in that number, you're promoting the complete 
wrong way. Stop being lazy. Like, put actual promotion work into your podcast. We can't sit here and, again, some of the podcasts I'm closest to, I've been victim of this. I, I can sit there and say, I always like to put myself in it. I've been victim of it as well. I did it to myself. You have to go out there. You have to put yourself out there. If you're, if you're, just, if you're just using Twitter, you're missing out. The, a huge chunk of people don't use Twitter. Even if you use Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, a huge people aren't really using that or may not see you just because of algorithms and everything else. Go out and find message boards. Go out and find Reddit threads that are discussing the topics in your podcast and use that. Engage in that and then use it. Promote. Let's come on now, man. Let's take this shit seriously. I understand podcasting is fun. If you heard the top of the show, if you hear the end of the show, I have a lot of fun doing this show. But it has to be more than that if you want to take it seriously. And there's money out here to be to be got for those who want that. Me personally, I'm content in my career. I don't if I never make a cent from podcasting, I'm absolutely fine with it. But for those that have that, you're not going to get it sitting on your ass and just expecting the work to be done for you. Stop being lazy. Stop. Stop not taking your audio quality seriously. Stop just. And another thing, those the people who fucking pay for studio time, I get it to a certain extent. But look, take a look at what you're spending in studio time for a year. You could build a studio in your house. I just for that that silence is me just looking around uh, to 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 what I have here. Take it seriously, people. Take it seriously. All right, that's enough of me on my high horse. We're gonna go ahead and take a break from the unpopular opinion. We're gonna transition with some more music. I will see you guys after this. You are now rocking with socially unacceptable. Socially unacceptable. You are now. Rock it with socially unacceptable, socially unacceptable. Uh, that was hard. That was kind of dope. That was hard as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was socially unacceptable. I know, told you guys last week, that may seem a little bit weird of a commercial half of them. But once you listen to the podcast, you will understand that captures the vibe of their podcast perfectly. I'm going to be working very closely with them uh, to work on some technical side things of the podcast. But they have it. When I tell you, you guys know my taste in podcasts, Black Law and Legalized, Oversaturated, two of my favorites. Um, and they're going to be right up there with it. I'm going to make sure of it. I'm going to guarantee it. Had the chance to vibe live with those brothers a couple of times, man. And they, they got it. That's all I can say. But we're going to go ahead and do something different with the Awakened Soul we do while music is a huge part of this podcast usually our artists interviews and spotlights over on the breaks radio side of things we had the pleasure of uh having maul himself on the on the show to discuss his music other people's music his inspirations one of the best episodes of the breaks radio so if you aren't subscribed or haven't checked that out definitely go and check out the breaks radio in that episode with maul himself but he has an album dropping white summer dropping on the 20th of november it's i've i've heard i've previewed the project i'm not going to spoil too much there I can tell you this, anyone who's a a hip-hop fan, anyone who's a Vibe fan, anyone who's a a fan of stories being woven throughout an album, this is the one for you. Go and check this out. I I promise you, you won't be disappointed. So we're going to go ahead and spotlight Maul himself right now with his Buck 30 freestyle. On the other side of that, you will get Scoop Grady with the Petty News. Um, But this is Maul himself, Buck 30 freestyle. Let me know how you feel about it. Peace. Man, 30 on the clock, nigga. (laughs) 
Let's see what we got, man. Yeah? Uh, with one motion of the pen to get the net double. Try to be humble. Here's a bit of forecasting. I'm a quintessential listen. I put a hex on the listeners. The fuck I gotta spell it out? Use the census. It's a ripping of dimension. Science coming seven virtues. Temperance versus pride. You know the sins is how the mortals and the gods collide. But let it sink in. I let it ride. I. Got an innate ability for crafting void in the asinine Seems that all it gets to highlight intentional or not All these actors flubbing scenes from mezzanine Shit's heavy weighted So I waited to unpack new flow carpeting This righteous numerical script in sevenfold no malice wishes But to my foes be careful on your misadvents Pardon y'all know how I write the scriptures I meant they misadventures 16 more folded to 32s This is lightning the fuse Word fusion to hues Langston Renaissance come see it live Listening parties at high five for eye browsing Now I'm charting it getting detached Jealousy blurry but easily observed for I But I'll leave you to the focal point for eyes Fan want me more consistent on their bucket list Practice monogamy But I'm still chasing the threesome With love, peace and harmony To put it lightly this is one minute thirty of torrential pin porn and having some fun. Play it back, and the fact is that I ran numbers and I'm the one. Let's have some fun. Now that that's all done, this satin lapel draped on merino wool. It compliments my bow tie. I keep it cool. Not a lick of lint on me. She licking on me. Bartender, can you please pour a drink for me? Um, I have a scotch and what she likes. She now grabbing, baby, please keep it ladylike. I get it, love, they watching this. And I see all, oh, it's no swastika, it's Jews no more, yeah. Grab a seat, let's talk about the Earth's alignment. You know, syzygy, the Earth, Moon, and stars chime in. Spin it, gold, place your finger, that's what we're finding. I mean, that's really how we change the climate, yeah. Just wear that little thing about you. You know that thing will make a nigga wanna hit the altar, uh. You know the old adage, right the good, die young, hoping God hands you paradise. Hit the table nice, seven, hit the table nice. But this here for like a Tucky Derby night. Push button, start, swear that you can hear the hooves. Couple numbers on speed dial in case I call the wolves. Yeah, I've been living out my dreams lately. Pardon, I've been spilling out my dreams, baby. Uh. And I'm still doing numbers, I done took it from the darkest winters and flipped it to white summers, I'm gone. Molly. The Oregon Soul Podcast. <laughs> what up, everybody? We are back once again with the Petty News Report. I am the one and only, of course, Scoop Grady. All last week was just going by slow. Man. I hope we don't have this again, y'all. Did y'all feel like last week was going by slow? But I will say I'm thankful that we are seeing another week. And most importantly, make sure whatever y'all trying to pursue out here, make sure y'all grab it by the throat and get it, baby. Make sure y'all go after whatever it is y'all trying to accomplish. But now that we got that out the way, I gave y'all some inspiration stuff. We got a lot to talk about, y'all. The 1.5 billion Mega Millions jackpot is still unclaimed. That's right, unclaimed. The second largest jackpot in lotto history, and the person who won still hasn't came forward to collect them coins. This person better have a great reason why they haven't collected their prize. I will be hurt if this person cannot find the ticket, and that's the reason behind it. I don't want to burn bread on nobody, but I think the person had a heart attack. 
But you know what? They probably be smart by not going to get that money just yet. Because you know the holiday is here. You know, a lot going on. A lot of people going to be asking they borrow some money or asking what they're going to get uh, for the holiday. So that's probably be a good thing to wait till the holiday. Over. That's probably what they're doing. But you know what? I don't know. I just don't understand. I just know myself. I know I ain't going to let no $1.5 billion just lay around. You know, I'm going to put that up and then I'm going to go give me some shoes from Walmart and dress like I'm just straight broke. You know, you know, you know the most the people that got the most money dress like they broke. Just remember that, y'all. Y'all think those are people that have true religions on and all the joints. They be the ones that wear Wrangler jeans and orthopedic tennis shoes. Those are the ones that really have the money. So, y'all might be sitting right next to one right now. Y'all don't even know it. Next, a young man was captured at IHOP after his mother helped him escape from jail. Talk about a ride or die. Your mama is the real MVP, dude. Report says that the young man was arrested right in front of his kids while he was smacking on some pancakes and eating omelets. Now, I gotta be honest now. You've been in jail for a while. I would go to IHOP or go to Denny's or something, give me some good breakfast food. But I mean, at the same time, why would you go out in the public and you just escape from prison? First of all, how did you get out? I thought they had surveillance cameras everywhere. So mom must really did her homework when she helped him escape from prison. The only thing I got to say about this was it was a grand slam. And last but not least, prayers goes out to Kim Porter, who died at the age of 46. If you don't know who Kim Porter is, she is the mother of Diddy's children, and she appeared in multiple TV shows and movies as well. I swear, we just losing too many people these days, man. But definitely prayers goes out to her. And I'm going to leave y'all with the petty question of the week. What is more important, power or money? That is the petty question of the week. What is more important, power or money? And that is all we have for the, the petty news. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you continue following the Wake of Soul and be cool, y'all. Welcome to Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. It's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Go, go, Power Ranger. Yeah, this is the Black Ranger. It's me, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. It's Ash Ketchum in his bed. In <laughs> bed. I am the Eric J. Only known as the Eric J. And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door, you know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. And it's your boy, K Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. The gentleman. Also known as K Diddy. Take that, take that. But better known as the people's jabroni. <laughs> and that's us. I mean, we four friends coming together every week to talk about the biggest stories in sports with our own flair to it. Let me tell you. You ain't never heard a sports podcast that's entertaining before. Damn straight. So check us out every Wednesday. Get at us. All right. So we've reached that time. It's time to get into the discussion topic of The Awakened Soul this week. I know we've had a, a, a bunch of not not ups and downs, but this we've gone all over the place with this podcast um, this week. We, we had... One of the probably the deepest in the mind of Hayes segments. Well, not deepest, but most serious topics. Don't forget, uh, don't get caught up in the show. Don't forget to send your feedback uh, to me on that one and how you feel about it, whether it be on Twitter, email, um, or phone line, which we can be reached at 614-547-2039. That is 614-547-2039. Email the usual place, thewickensoulpod at gmail.com. Uh, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to jump right into the discussion topic for this week. I will see you guys after that to send you on your way and to say my goodbyes. But let's get right into it. Yeah.
ladies and gentlemen. I we have a special conversation planned, uh, built mm-hmm. around blackness and uh, just a great conversation. But I had to bring on a special guest, and we got Miss Pyt Tiana in the building. Um, wow, <laughs> what's, what's going, going on? on? <laughs> Not much, man. Freezing over here in Atlanta. You ready for Thanksgiving? I'm excited for Thanksgiving. I still got to get my list of stuff together to cook, but I'm excited to say the least. Yeah, I'm excited too to see family, but I'm not excited about this time I'm finna spend in the kitchen, uh, both Wednesday and Thursday. But you know what it is, what it is. Yeah, man, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. You only do it once a year. I mean, ain't nobody else cooking like that, no other time of year. So you could spend a little extra time in the kitchen. Come on. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so before we get started on this, uh, because it's your first time on the podcast, we gotta we gotta introduce the audience to you. So for the audience who wants to get to know you, what you're working on, this is your time. Tell them a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, my name is P.Y. Tiana. Uh, I'm the host of Around Electoral Girl podcast. Um, I mostly focus on uh, life situations, post videos daily for motivation, and I pretty much just document my journey. So whatever I'm dealing with that day is what you'll see pop up in the video, and the same pretty much goes for my podcast. Whatever is pretty much going on in my life gets documented in a podcast. Uh, That's about it. Um, I'm from Morgan City, Louisiana. Uh, I am a, a resident of Atlanta currently. I've uh, been in Georgia for about two years now. And I, uh, I'm a financial analyst by day, uh, a emergency room shuttle driver by the weekend, and a podcaster any other time. <laughs> oh, wow. So you, you just got three hustles then. Yeah, and I'm I'm a mom of twins, and I'm a wife, so I <laughs> I got a lot of hustles. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you there. I feel you there. There's nothing like parenting. I love being a parent. Seriously, I it's do. my greatest joy. Yeah, it's the most bittersweet thing I ever done in my whole entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh man, so um, this article that I sent you, uh, uh-huh. I, I don't even. So it's titled "The Question of Blackness." And it, it's it's funny because I've talked about it like roundabout on this podcast before. Like I I feel like black people are almost the only other race that questions people within their own race because of of just a number of things. But after reading this article, I felt I see that it's even more than what I thought. What, what were your initial thoughts coming out of this article? Well, going into it, I already kind of. I had my own ideas about where it was going because I've ran into the conversation a lot of times with people about Bruno and, oh, he a culture vulture and, oh, Cardi, she ain't really black and, you know, she she Latino, she ain't really black. And so I kind of had my own thoughts when I read the title. But as I got more into it, um, I started to identify with a lot of stuff uh, that was said that the author was talking about just being a light skinned black person, not even, you know, Afro Latina or, you know, Afro Dominican or any of that stuff. So I kind of it resonated with me a lot, man, being a Louisianian and just being a light skinned black person. It kind of brought out a lot of stuff that I personally experienced with like colorism being black. So. It was interesting to say the least. <laughs> definitely. It's definitely an eye opener. And, and, you know, we've done an episode on colorism before, which that was kind of at the time that I did that. That's where I thought the extent of this kind of went. But 
it's clearly way way more than that so when we, well first we'll talk about the whole culture vulturing thing and you know that's thrown the way of of bruno and other people um when you hear culture vulture who are some of the people that stand out to you that you think's a culture vulture or that you don't agree with how people describe them or label them as culture vultures uh and okay, so this is gonna be, this is kind of tough for me because I'm not hypersensitive. You know, there's some people that you know get super offended when people of another race use this or you know use that. I'm not really that person to jump up and be like, oh, they took that from us or oh, they got you know. That's not my my initial reaction to a lot of things. But I will say that I feel like. Uh, the Kardashians and the Jenners are like the biggest culture vultures I ever seen in my life. Like if I had to legit pick somebody, uh, it would be Kim and all our sisters just because it is amazing to me how, uh, you know, black women in particular could do the very same things that they do. And it's, you know, a problem or it's ratchet or, you know, as soon as Kim go do it or Kylie do it, or it's all cool. And it's like, oh, it's the, it's the new fad. It's the new thing. And it's so posh. And I'm like, this is the weirdest thing ever to see people that are not black pretty much take something that's black and they do it and now it's acceptable but it shouldn't even be that weird because that's pretty much the tune of like our society period like it is not okay to be black until somebody who's not black does it and then it's okay like that's just that's just the the story of of our existence at this point but um to answer your question the Jenners and the Kardashians the biggest culture vultures I've ever seen in my life <laughs> I, I can't I can't even argue that at all. Uh, they are definitely the, the biggest ones. Um, and just to, to kind of talk about something you, you just mentioned, I always I kind of have the saying, and that is that I truly believe if white people embrace black people generally, I'm not saying they all don't, but generally, uh-huh. if they embraced us as much as they embrace things in our culture or imitate, uh-huh. then the world, the uh, the country would be a much better place. Oh, indeed. I, you know what? I had uh, I had an episode where I talked about that because, you know, being from Louisiana, it's so weird that racism is so alive and weird because you got so many people that look like me, you know, light skin mixed, you know, parsley blonde, as they say. Um, it, it, it's it's weird. Like, but I talked about how if you know, you're a non-person of color and you have friends of color, like it is your duty to stand up for your friend and not like turn the other cheek when something going on that you know not right. Like it starts with that. Like if you truly love a person, you know, and they're being treated bad in front of you or, you know, people like them are being treated bad. All it takes is for you to stand up and say, nah, I'm not with that. That ain't cool. It's just that simple. And then the next person do it and the next person do it and eventually you're gonna see a change but like if y'all keep on tucking your damn tail every time somebody of color has done something and y'all just oh well it ain't my business i'm gonna you know i'm gonna just i'm gonna just i'm gonna look over here they ain't got nothing to do with me then it's gonna continue to be the same thing y'all need to you know fall in love with supporting the actual people as much as y'all fall in love with supporting the things that we listen to or the things that we wear or the things that we do or say it's the same thing you know so it it truly is funny that all it takes uh is a person that's not of color to vouch 
for something and then you can do it like in general um if you're in a certain setting and you know it's real uptight you don't know people there's people of color and there's nine people of color for example and then the nine person of color you know says shit or something like that then you're like oh, okay cool you know then you know we could use mild curse words in this setting because somebody made it okay you understand what i'm saying but as a as a person of color you're not gonna just jump off the bat you know being uh relaxed you gonna automatically be uptight until a non-person of color in that setting shows you that it's okay through their actions or their words or something that they do to be relaxed that is the weirdest shit ever to me but that is reality <laughs> absolutely that is um and to kind of bring that back into into you know black people questioning their own blackness or someone else's blackness do you think and this is something in reading this article that that came to my mind do you think that we break each other down when we talk about light skin dark skin uh nappy hair do you think we break each other down somewhat because of insecurities because of- that black people have within themselves it depends on, I think, the way you're having a discussion. I'm a strong believer in nothing gets fixed unless you talk about it. So I'm not going to say that we breaking each other down by having the conversations about, you know, what's considered nappy hair. Like, why are we considering nappy hair? To me, that's getting to the root of, you know, perspective and, you know, understanding. But when you start you know, distinguishing between black people based on stuff like that, then yeah, you know, I I think you are. You get to a point to where you're saying, oh, for example, I'm natural. You know, this type of curl is dope and and those type of people don't need to be natural or natural ain't for everybody. Then, yeah, like that's a problem. Like how you tell somebody we're grounded scalp ain't for everybody. <laughs> so what you saying is if, if I don't have this certain texture, then, you know, I should just go full on European or, or, you know, or wear weave or whatever. Like, yeah, I do. I feel like you are tearing people down when you start to do that. I feel like when you start saying things like, Oh, I'm only into this type of woman and, and it, it leans to the side of light skinned women or, you know, women with, you know, curly locks and all of this. And it kind of leave out the darker skin or uh, brown skin women. And yeah, I feel like it tears people down. Definitely. Um, it just depends on how you have in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely depends on how. And this is why I'm big on how you use your words are almost as important as the words you use. And I think a lot yes. of times people get really loose with their words. And it's like, look, man, come on now, be more responsible with it because you never know. Or you need to be more aware of how that's portrayed to other people or how you're coming yes. off. And and I get it. I get I get being blunt. I get because I, I can be blunt at times, but. Let's not forget tact. And I think a lot of people forget that. Yes, man. Like, yeah, especially when you're um, when you're having conversations about sensitive subjects like race and, you know, gender and equality and hair and like all those different types of things. That's already, you know, a, a soft spot for a lot of people. You have to be careful in the way you say things. I always tell people that, like, you know, I have, um, you know, a lot of friends and associates and even co-workers people that's uh you know of not people of color and you know they want to have conversations with me about certain things that probably would be considered uh inappropriate for them to ask being a non-person of color but it's it it's all in the in the um 
in the spirit of wanting to understand and not necessarily wanting to, you know, offend anybody and things like that. And I, I think, you know, you do have to be careful with your words, but in the same time, I think we need to be slightly receptive, you know, of, of, people when they're trying to ask things or they're saying things because they just may not know and that conversation could really like you know give them a different perspective like I feel like people be scared to ask certain things because they don't want to come off a certain way and I get that you know but at the same time you know it's like what do you do like what do you do when you have a question and you really don't know how to come off like say say you're um Uh, a nine person of color and you have questions about uh, things or misconceptions that you may have heard about black people but you don't want to ask the question because you don't want to be perceived a certain way what do you do at that point do you not ask do you continue to be ignorant about it do you continue to wonder about it like do you ask the question you figure out how to ask the question like what what are you supposed to do yeah and that's something that i i have been I've talked about before, but not really heavy handedly, is that for everyone who is quick to say, well, white people don't understand white people, this white people that, but then immediately like frown their face up when again, tactfully, you have to ask Uh it respectfully, but when white people ask certain questions to understand, they immediately come down hard on them like they should automatically automatically know it. You can't do that. The thing is, is that if we want if we want or say that they should understand more, they should try to understand more Then we can't also shoot at them once they do ask like again again it's all in perspective and respectfully but we it should be open let's have that open conversation let's let's go ahead and peel the band-aid off that because those are the the hesitation to ask certain questions like that have hampered us for generations on both sides because we make them afraid to ask it they get afraid to ask it or when they do we 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 blow the hell up can't do that yep yep so that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it is definitely all about how you ask the question. And I think what your intention is when you're asking questions as to whether it builds, uh, you know, a platform to really get things out and understand or whether it's, you know, offensive and you tear people down. You know what I'm saying? It's all about, like you said, it's about tact. There's a way to do things. Absolutely. Um. So I, w- I want to talk about a couple of the of specific lines in, in this article. And it's the first one is one that definitely stood out to me and it's powerful. And I, I just want to get your thoughts on it. It says mm-hmm. the closer you are to whiteness and further from blackness. And I'm, I'm admitting some of it. Um, mm-hmm. The better you are. That huh. stuck out to me. Like a, I, I, that almost got a reaction out of me. What do you, and there are people that think that within our own race, again, this is black people on black people. What do you think about the people that have that mindset? So the closer to white you are, the better you are. Correct. Is the close, statement. Correct. And and the thing specifically is the closer you are to whiteness in uh-huh. in either appearance, ancestry, power, uh-huh. or money, and further away from blackness, the better you are. You know what? I'ma give you uh I'ma come from a from a personal uh spot with this. So um let me just say personally, I don't believe that. Um, now, but I will say that, um, you know, coming from, um, a family in Louisiana, you know, my mother is a fair skin, my whole, all of my siblings are fair skin. Um, the perception down there for a lot of people is, you know, lighter skin is better, right? So you're in the South, 
You know, you got a lot of racism. I mean, Louisiana was like one of the last states to like stop with this, you know, racial BS. You know, my parents went to segregated high schools and, you know, my mother just turned 60 this year. So that tell you how far behind the curve Louisiana is. So, you know, they truly believe my parents believe that, you know, the closer to, you know, white fairer skin you know if you talk proper if you did things the way white people did then you know that made you better you know pronounce your words and you know don't act a certain way you know conform to everything that was what white people done and it it would make you better you know my mother had all of her children for a light-skinned man you know because her mother and and again, this is something that's passed down from generations to generations. My grandmother was born on a slave plantation. She had children for a fairer skinned man because she felt like, and which was probably very true back then, having fairer skin gave you a better shot in life. I feel like that that's some old BS that's just been passed down from generation to generation due to slavery and the mistreatment of black and brown people. And it's just, it, you know, it's rearing its ugly head. I hate to say it, but, you know, for the longest uh, early on in life for me, you know, that that shit low key worked, you know, like straighten your hair, put it in a messy bun like, you know, the white girls do and talk proper and American Eagle and Aeropostale and all that other BS. And, you know, that was all, you know, the thing at that time. It, you know, it was in. And as I got older, I started to, you know, see those things. But I didn't know that growing up. Growing up is conditioning. I don't think those things now, but I can see how, you know, the, the, that, those ideas from my grandmother to my mother had that same effect on me early on in life. So man, that, that, that thought process is alive and well, but I can say today as a a black woman who is married to a very fine, handsome chocolate black man <laughs> who had light-skinned babies you know still I, I don't find that being uh fairer skin and, and closer to white and as far as behavior and things like that uh, makes you better I don't believe that now but I can honestly say that growing up from a child up into you know teenage years and on into probably my early college years I yeah without even knowing that I felt that way I felt that way that's what's up. And and it's good that you have that ability to recognize that and you've grown also grown from it. So that that that's important. Um another question coming off this and it's funny because as you know, I'm I'm preparing for my white privilege episode, but I want to ask this question. Are there do you feel there are certain privileges that lighter skinned black people are afforded or have that they may not even be aware of? Um and then if you do, do you feel like they have a responsibility to use that wisely, so to say? That's just a question that was submitted uh-huh. to us. What do you think about it? I will say yes. As a light skinned woman, yes. I accept the fact that, and I'm saying it right here, right now, that we do have some sort of privilege over darker skinned black people. Uh, we are uh, generally more accepted by white people 
They're more comfortable around us to do things around us that they wouldn't do around darker skinned people. I know this from having, you know, friends of all shades around me, you know, in life growing up and, you know, as an adult, like it's certain things I noticed that, you know, white people would do around me being fair skinned that they wouldn't do around my dark skinned friends. Either, either they were intimidated by them or they thought they would react a certain way, whereas they felt more comfortable uh, with me. They'd always ask me questions about, you know, if I was mixed or, you know, touch my hair and like, you know, stuff like that. You know, I don't know what it is. I guess it's just the fairer skin. I'm not sure if it's just the fairer skin, but I will say that um, it played a part in it. And I've and I, I seen it happen often. Um, and I do feel like as a fair skinned person, um, I use it to my advantage. Once I realized that, you know, I could get past certain things just being fair skinned or, you know, people would accept me more. I use it to my advantage to get to where I wanted to be, you know, <laughs> to get a seat at the table pretty much. And I'm not embarrassed to say that. Um, but it's, it's definitely a real thing. And I think you do have a responsibility to use that wisely. I think you have a responsibility to say that it exists because if you don't acknowledge it, then, you know, it, it, it's never going to, you know, be at the forefront as something that we need to address. I feel like a lot of fair skinned black people need to stop acting like you're not treated differently because of the texture of your hair or the color of your skin. That's a damn lie. Like, you know, for a fact, like that you get treated differently because of it. And that people who are darker skin are not crazy for being like, oh, well, you light skin, you got it easier. Like you fair skin people, for the most part, almost want to get upset. Like, I don't have it no easy. I'm black just like you. Yeah, you black just like them. But, you know, even if it's just a little bit of privilege, it's a little different. It's definitely a little different. It, it is. It is. And I think that. Uh, I think that for it's it's kind of easier for lighter skinned black people to say, oh, well, I'm still black. They're, they're, what privilege do I have? And we're not saying that you just have this overwhelmingly. You just walk in and it's like, oh, my God, you're light skinned. Like, yeah, you no. got the job. But there is no. a, there is. An, and again, something that you're unaware of that you're more acceptable to certain people because of your fairer skin. Yes. They will quickly say people, non-people of color will. It, they will feel more comfortable to discuss more things with you, especially things regarding race, than they will with somebody of a darker skin. That it just is what it is. And you you as a light skinned person of color have a responsibility to acknowledge that. I can honestly sit here and say that I've benefited from that. I have. When I realized that it was a thing, I did use it to my advantage. Is it fair? No. The same way white, white privilege is not fair. Does it exist? Yes. And I feel like just like light skinned black people admit that being light skinned gives you an upper hand in some situations. White people need to do the same thing and stop acting like it don't exist because it do. You call a spade a spade, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's a conversation for another day because that I'm 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 really, really looking forward to that episode. Um I'm, that's why I'm putting so much, giving so much time to it between uh -huh. announcing it and coming because that's that's going to probably be one of our biggest episodes. I'm just really looking forward to that conversation and uh, getting all the the input and opinions on it I can. But uh, so to, to kind of get back in, into this, um, so we both agree that there is a privilege that lighter skinned people have and also a responsibility. Um, what do you? What does that responsibility look like to you? Do you think 
is that do we do we use that our our lighter skin privilege or whatever we want to call it do we use that to educate to make it more comfortable for white people around darker skin people to pull up uh-huh. the dark like what what do you think how how what's the responsible way to use the light skin privilege the same way white people should use white privilege <laughs> as an outlet for change i know anytime i've had a conversation with a nine person of color um about something I felt they were more comfortable asking me because I was fairer skin. I always make it a point to, you know, explain or debunk any type of uh, ideas they may have about dark skinned people or dark skinned men, you know, definitely. Uh, because you'd be surprised how many misconceptions that they have, like just the ideas that they have in their head as to, you know, why they feel more comfortable talking to you. I big up black people, you know, and I, I, I don't give excuses for, you know, some of the things that they may have concerns about. Because don't get me wrong. I mean, there are some some white people that's brought some things to my attention that were indeed valid. But, you know, I always try to give them um, some information to help them understand why things may be a certain way or why you may get that perception or why that perception is not true. You know, I think you have that responsibility uh, once you open that line. You know, don't just make it seem like it's okay for them to have these conversations with just you or feel comfortable around this. You like, you know, you bring the squad with you. And and that's just how I feel about it. Like, and specifically, I had a conversation with a co-worker a couple weeks back and uh, he was discussing about... Um, you know, black men and, you know, how he felt. And, he, and this is a white male uh, feeling intimidated by, you know, black men. And I'm like, well, why do you feel intimidated? He's like, I don't know. You know, it's just like, you know, the way they look or, you know, the demeanor. And I was like, well, you have to understand something, you know, like black men go through a whole lot in this country. Like black men are taught to be strong. Like you don't, you know, you can't, you can't just be like, oh, you know, black men look scary because they walk upright or because they're a certain height or, you know, like I had to really just call him on his BS and kind of point it out to us. Well, why you don't feel that way when you got a you, you got a six, four white man, and you got a six, four black man we will make you so much more afraid of the darker skin man than the lighter skin man. And I think when you start having those conversations with people as a black person, even though you're a light skin black person, they start to better understand and you can then bridge that gap you know because the fact of the matter is with those misconceptions they're not gonna go to a dark-skinned person and talk to them about it so you have a responsibility at that point now that their line of communication is open to you know make them realize that you feel comfortable talking to me why is that you know you feel comfortable coming up to me or asking me these questions why is that let's talk about it so that's the responsibility that you have at that point if that ain't the realest thing that's been said on this podcast so far, I don't know what is. That's that's real. I have nothing. I have nothing like you got me speechless. That's that, the mic but drop. But that moment. legit happened. That was a legit situation that happened not that long ago. And you be it's interesting to hear. You know, we always imagine why you know white people are intimidated or white people don't 
uh, or do or don't or whatever. Like, you know, we all have our, our, you know, ideas about why. But when you really sit down and you start to hear some of the reasons, some of it range from, you know, their parents or grandparents or what they were told. Dude, I real life had a person tell me I was in high school in Louisiana at the time tell me that they didn't play with black people or were, were not friends with black people because their grandparents told them that if they touch a black person, the black was going to get on them. We had to be like 16 years old at the time. We having this conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> They're like, yeah, like, you know, like my grandfather always told me that if I if I, you know, was friends with a black person and I let a black person touch me, then black would get on me. And my grandfather didn't like black. So like I, for that reason, I never, you know, <laughs> engaged with black people. And I'm like, that got to be the dumbest shit I ever heard in my life. But that's real. That legit happened. <laughs> that was a real conversation that I had with somebody. And as dumb as it may sound, that kept them from engaging with black people. And it, it made them afraid of black people. Real shit. <laughs> You got to have them conversations, bro. You never yeah. know what, what's being told and what's being passed down to people from generation to generation. And the media don't help. You know, we Google all day long. We see stuff online. If you're not living it, you can only assume it is what you're reading and what you're seeing and what you're being fed. So when you're not talking to the source, this this is what happens. I got nothing to add. You're right. And I think that it's. That is the the first thing systematically that we need to break down is the, the years, the hundreds and hundreds of years that certain people have been programmed to think. And like you said, some a lot of it has nothing to do with them. If you're raised in a situation to where this is all you're exposed to, this is what you're taught to, th- to think. Yeah. Once you get older and, a, and an adult, you do have a kind of a responsibility to to, to, to kind of break out of that somewhat. But. Again, mm-hmm. if you if you're taught something to think away from a child or to have these biases, we can't just expect them to just break out of their own. Like, that's where I, the conversations need to come. Man, I say that all the time. Like people think I'm crazy when I say that. But if you you know, if somebody was raised with wolves their whole life and they were taught that wolves were great and it wasn't a problem and wolves don't bite and they never had bad experiences with wolves and they're going to think that shit is normal. Then you put them in regular society and then you tell them that, oh my God, you're running around with wolves. What the hell is your problem? They're looking at you like, what are you talking about? This is normal to me. Like when somebody is raising something, it is their normal. Understand that. We're we're taught that the sky is blue. If somebody can't run along and told you the sky was purple all of a sudden, you'd be like, Well damn, I thought that was blue all this time. Like, you know, you can't just really expect people to just, oh, because you're a certain age to jump out. Like those conversations need to be had. Like that's it, it's just the bottom line. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about it. Like you said, I mean, not to quote MGK, but let's talk about it. And that's that <laughs> We really need to to keep those conversations going, and that's the only way we can we can break a lot of the mental change that both sides have. Is talk about it, talking it out. Yeah, man, got can't be scared to have those conversations. You know, you have to be open and receptive to it. Like, I um I I seen something on social media uh not that long ago where people were saying, you know, ask a person of a different race a question that you always wanted to ask them. And, you know, it's no judgment, you know, it's a judgment-free zone. And, man, some of the things I see going back and forth were, like, it, you would want to get, a, I guess you would want to get offended, but you couldn't because it was so nice 
to just see all these different races of people just going back and forth debunking all of this bullshit that you that you may have thought or had been taught and then seeing people even though it's something that probably could have came off slightly offensive but just under the guidelines of ask a question like nobody's gonna get offended and nobody really doing it with ill intent like to offend anybody but literally just trying to understand and then people responding back giving that information man that is beautiful that is amazing when you open up those lines of communication to be able to talk about different things if you don't talk about it how are you ever going to understand you know what you this you've just dropped the mic several times so you know i, I need you to save some of the mic to drop no i'm just playing but <laughs> <laughs> drops mic <laughs> <laughs> drops mic walks off picks it back up drops mic again no but but all jokes aside i agree, I agree with with literally everything you said there um well, this conversation was amazing, dope, beautiful, all that good stuff. Um, all that good stuff. <laughs> any parting words you want to leave with the audience before you go? And you can also tell them where they can follow you at. Um, in in closing, I would just like to say, um, you know, first of all, this was an amazing conversation. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your podcast and have this discussion with you. Uh, I'm looking forward to many more discussions in the future, but we have to open up these lines of communication, man. Like we have to take our emotions out of it. You know, we have to have pure uh, hearts when we asking these questions and understand that the questions that's coming to us are innocent and of, you know, pure heart uh, and try to get some dialogue between people of color and non people of color, at least the people that want to understand, you know, you always going to have those bad apples. There's nothing we can do about that. But for the sake of society, bro, like I'm not putting it on black people. I'm not putting it on white people. I'm putting it on people. You know, like we just have to be open to having these uncomfortable conversations and putting our feelings to the side for the sake of progression. Uh, and that's all I want to say in closing. Uh, you can follow me um, on Instagram and also on Facebook at official ATL girl. Um, my podcast is Around Electrical Girl Podcast. You can find it on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash around, A-R-O-U-N-D, the T-H-E, Lectual Girl. That's what's and up. That's definitely, definitely go check her out. I want to thank you again. We're going to go ahead and peace out. Tell the people good night. Good night to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. This has been episode 76 of The Awakened Soul the complex complexion hope you guys got a lot out of the show i hope you guys enjoyed it hope you laughed smiled maybe cried i mean if you do all three in a podcast then i figured it's a pretty good ride then right <laughs> but uh i really enjoyed bringing the show to you guys this week i can't wait for a big announcement on my birthday december 5th see you see how you see how i do i'm bringing y'all a special present on my birthday that's what i'm doing we're going to have a lot of fun uh, going into 2019. It's going to be a big year for The Awakened Soul. It's going to be a big year for these projects I'm working on. I really can't wait to bring you this. Um, yeah, it's just going to be huge, huge. So I thank each and every one of you guys for following me along this journey um, of this episode and the podcast in general. Again, you can follow me personally at CEO Hayes at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. 
You can follow The Awakened Soul at Awakened Soul Pod or The Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on which social platform you're on. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. And as always, you can leave us a voicemail, send us a text, anything you want to do. 614-547-2039. We're still collecting more voicemails and messages for the right white privilege episode which is definitely going to be an amazing and fun episode. So here we go. That's it. I'll see you beautiful and lovely people next week. Uh, For those that only listen to this podcast, but if you want to hear me before then, you can definitely check me out on The Breaks Radio. That is The Breaks Radio, um, as well as The Fear Frequency, which has an episode dropping this week where we discuss horror films. You guys know I may pop in and out anywhere. So I'll see you guys there. Other than that, peace. And this song... This last song that we're leaving you on may inform you of the vibe of next week's episode. Adios. Bye-bye. Good night. Do something, nigga. I'm here now. You old news. Got a couple Porsche trucks, couple old schools. I line your ass up. Push your tape backwards. Because I'm a real nigga. And I don't like rappers. And that ain't this, and this ain't that, and bitch I'm strapped Run with real niggas that'll cut your throat, and they don't drink Pepsi, they just sell coke All I do is talk blow, it's like my brain on drugs See me out, nigga, I do my thing in clubs Listen up, Jesus got a little riddle, stack of $20 bills, two bands in the middle All the gangsters, they gon' ride to this, they gon' grind to this Shine to this hey.